Hello everybody, my name is Anne Teato and welcome to the Psychic Matters podcast, episode number 16. If you're someone who feels your spiritual path keeps being interrupted due to you having to deal with life's challenges instead, you are not alone. Dublin-based spiritual medium and psychic Susan Hughes spent quite some time caring for her elderly mother, which forced her to examine in depth her strict upbringing and helped her to strip back the layers of fear and guilt placed upon her young shoulders. In this episode, Susan discusses how difficult it can be at times to keep following your spiritual path when life challenges get in the way, or when people who are meant to be the closest to you tell you that you're not enough, or that because you feel, see, hear, or know of spirit people, that there is something wrong with you. Susan talks with great passion about how she finally came to terms with her innate psychic and mediumship abilities, and how she places great faith in a spirit world that assists her on a daily basis. I'm here today with spiritual medium and psychic Susan Hughes. Susan, welcome to Psychic Matters. Hi, Anne. Thanks ever so much for inviting me to have a chat with you. Oh gosh, it's a pleasure and I can't wait to hear all about your work and what you do. So handing over to you, Susan, tell tell, tell everyone where you live, who you are and what you're about. Okay, well, I am a Susan Hughes and I live in Dublin, Ireland, and I have I am born and bred. I haven't moved, although I like to travel around and see things. I do like to come home. Just to give a little bit of information of how my spiritual side manifested and how I learned I was a psychic and a medium. Um, I am from a Catholic family of seven children and many people will know that um, religions and Catholicism in particular is a lot of it is based on fear. So I grew up in quite a fearful constricted, controlled childhood where you found it difficult to express yourself wholly and fully. And um, I was the sixth of uh, seven children. So I'm an Irish twin. Many people in the world will know about them. So I'm sure my mum was quite fed up having children. Life was a bit different for me as a child. Moving on from there, I knew I knew I was different. I kept having these funny experiences, but I was always a bit envious of those mediums who said, oh, I saw my granddad or I saw my grandmother. I was two and I was four. I never saw that. That never happened. So I was kind of going, oh, well, maybe I'm not a medium because I didn't experience that, although I did experience other things. So moving on then to my late teens, I was 18 and um, found myself pregnant, which you can imagine in Ireland. In those days, uh, young women who were pregnant and not married were called unmarried mothers whereas today they're single parents which is a much nicer um, adjective to use. I was really struggling with trying to work out what am I doing on this earth there needs to be more to this life to make it easier to live through if there was a reason for it and I actually went to my local church to sit there was nobody there so I went to sit and try and receive a faith or an understanding or something which I don't know if I did receive but from that point I started researching. I was a prolific reader. So I went to the library and I started taking out books because I needed to know and understand how do I know these things that seem so commonplace or commonsensical to me and other people don't. So I needed to put it in a box, even though it shouldn't be tightly closed, that box. So I was fascinated um, these um, these books, psychology, and then I started looking into near-death experiences, and then I got a book about um, psychism, and I actually taught myself using the, these books, or this particular book, to do psychic readings using playing cards. 
which were a plenty in our house. Um, being Irish, you'd spend a lot of time playing cards because the weather doesn't permit outside. And so I got a bit of a fright because things that I were seeing were actually happening. So I, I got a bit of a fright and I left it to the side. Now, that would have been my early 20s then. So I got married, had a couple of more children, delightfully so. And then in my 30s, the research really started off again. And I actually did a year's study in psychology because I'm still trying to understand people. What, what, why do they do that when they should know this? that kind of thing and I also as I was working as a psychic I really began to understand that I could assist this person to assist themselves to heal or progress but I could also do a lot of damage if I were to say the incorrect thing so I uh, did also a year study in counselling so I had that and I didn't do any more because I couldn't afford it because it's very expensive to train. So I found an online uh, site called Delphi, which Craig Hamilton Parker had. And on there, I discovered I was a medium. And I can tell you the first time I experienced the energy of a guide, I was terrified because I hadn't a clue what that was about. And I actually shut the computer down. I just went, I can't handle that. But I didn't, I went further and questioning it. And so obviously they don't frighten me now. It's the power of the energy. So I began to go to England to Violet Kipling and Minister Doris Smith to do training. I did that twice a year. Now, at that point, I didn't know about the SNU or spiritualists. I just knew I needed to find out more about what is going on. I needed to find out the truth of it. So I would be a truth seeker. And you would know, Anne, the way I would, and many people who have the sensitivities, we know when people are not telling the truth. But yes. we learn as we mature to not be as blatant and pointing the finger because when you're pointing the finger out, there's four pointing back, you know, that kind of way. Yes. So I went and I did all these studies and I was very lucky because Vi and Doris invited fabulous uh, tutors to teach. And it was there at one of these events. And I think it was in Middlesbrough. Uh, we, went, we went for a break and I wasn't going to go back. I was staying in a little place across the way. I wasn't going to go back for the afternoon session. I was tired. But I went, oh, I better go back. I'll kill me. So I went back and the room was all set up. There was a ch an empty chair at the front. There was three other people sitting there. And it was a spiritual naming service. And I was one of the chosen students to get it done. Now, the person who gave me my spiritual name was Minister Eric Hatton. Now, I didn't know him other than this is a really nice man. He's a beautiful man. And his wife, Heather, was there that weekend also. Beautiful people. Now, I've since, since after that, I discovered he had been president of the SNU and he was big high up. But he was an inspiration to me because this was a genuine person. On this online site, Delphi, I met, it's worldwide, obviously, is the, the web is open to everywhere. And I became a teacher on that site eventually. Um, I got, I realized now, you know, looking forward all these years, that I got a great grounding in spiritualism. And then moving forward, I have... Um, uh, I am a CSNU in speaking and demonstrating, and I am in process of getting my official SNU teacher training badge. So in between all of that, life has to go on. And the struggles I had with having this faith and this knowing and this understanding about what can be and things can be better it was rather difficult at times and people can be plain nasty Anne, can't they they can be just plain oh, yes. nasty and it doesn't matter if they're spiritualists or non-spiritualists if 
people haven't discovered themselves and how to deal with themselves, they're going to try and pull other people down. Now, it is said in Ireland, we're a country of begrudgery. I don't like that, really, because I think we're great. (laughs) But I do know some people don't like people going up the ladder. You know, that kind of way, instead of us all encouraging each other. So at one point, I spoke with Violet online and I left the move. I left spiritualism. I left mediumship. And so I, I said, I was so naive that I thought if you were a spiritualist, you truly were living through your spirit self. You truly were goodness and light, even though life was going to go on. But it turned out it wasn't true. So my naivety was, I was got a bit of a, um, a kick up the bum. <laughs> However, I did go back to it, thankfully. Now, during this time, um, I mean, I had very little support emotionally or financially around me to do all of these things that I, because everything I learned, I had a thousand more things to learn. Every, and it still happens on. Huh? Everything I learn leads to other things that you need to learn. that's very true. You go down a rabbit hole and then you go down another little uh, line of inquiry and another line of inquiry. (laughs) That's that's totally it. That's it's just I, I just don't understand people who think they know it all because nobody can know it all. There's so much to know. And that's that's not that's not just within spiritualism, it's within life itself. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, Let me pause you for a moment because I know that there's lots to come and that's very exciting, but I'd like to go back if I may. You talk about when you were young that you never saw dead people like other people have seen, get an indication that they're a medium by seeing I don't know, shadows or figures when they're little. So you didn't do that, but you did say no. you experienced other things. Can you enlighten us what those other things might have sure. been? Sure. So it was my understanding. So like I just knew things. I remember I'm a shy child, a quiet child, and yet I was called cheeky because I used to say things that I suppose shouldn't be said because they were truthful and honest. No, it wasn't. They were nasty. But I also remember having kind of out of body experiences, although I just felt I was in a different world. And one particular one, and I was standing on the stairs in my childhood home and I felt like I had traveled my whole, I was tingling and it was like I was in a bubble of really powerful energy. Now, I wouldn't have described that as a child, but as an adult, I'm able to understand it. I like people who are left or set of center, you know, slightly different. So I was left of left of center. Yeah. I, I just couldn't fit into anything. I couldn't fit into any group, which is interesting because I actually was out yesterday evening with four childhood friends who are not in any way spiritual. Well, that's a terrible thing to say. They are spiritual beings, but they're not spiritualists or psychics or mediums. It's wonderful to be accepted, you see. I found it difficult to be accepted in circles. And uh, it was because I suppose I spoke differently, even though I didn't understand, I was speaking differently. I was just speaking from the point of view of truth. Yes. And my understanding of what that is. And interesting, um, many years later, at 16, you're going to Debs and you're going to parties and things like that. And I wasn't invited to, this is not a sob story, by the way, <laughs> just, just so as you know, I wasn't invited. And many years later, I asked um, one of the blokes that we used to hang out, I, I said, why? Why was that? And he says, we just didn't know what to do with you. <laughs> what does he mean by that? Uh, well, you know, this is it, because I was too different to fit into the expectations of how people were supposed to be. Now, I didn't understand that. I really didn't. I thought I was just me. Well, I know I was just me, actually. So I struggled with this, and I've struggled with it all my life. Um, And even within this spiritual movement, I'm still not quite fitting in, do you see? Um, Even though I fit in enough, but I am now of the age where I can accept myself and say, well, I'm going to do this anyway. Yes. When my father passed, that was devastating to me. Absolutely devastating to me. Because this was the one person that I knew loved me 
unconditionally, even though there were conditions because he's an Irish Catholic. So we have to understand that also. This was the only person in the whole world who loved me totally. And he had left this earth. We nursed him at home because he was ill. And I was delighted to be able to assist him in his transition because he was so afraid of crossing over and so afraid. And I um, have no fear of crossing over. I don't want to do it yet, but I have no fear because I can't wait to find out the answers to all these questions. I'm with I you. I can't yeah. wait to go. I'm really excited yeah. about it. Yeah, I can say, well, why was that? Tell me more. And this, that. I don't yeah. know if I'd be jumping back. Yeah, I don't know. Spiritualism doesn't really recognize um, second lives and third lives, but, you know, anyway, that's another conversation. That's it? spiritualism, the religion, yeah. not a spiritual life. Yes. You're it, talking it, about your father's fear yeah. of passing, but how, did, yeah. how was that manifesting itself? Well, it, he was afraid of leaving mom on her own. He was afraid of what he may or may not meet. Now, this is a man who, who passed. He actually said to me, I have no regrets and I have no enemies. So whether or not he had enemies, he didn't see them as enemies. So I thought that was lovely. But I had a dream about two weeks before dad passed and about these ladies preparing a bed in spirit world from my dad. Now, my dad's mother da passed when he was 14, 13 or 14. And he had had a very difficult childhood from that. So I have no clue what my grandmother looked like. But I also, and we had no idea of father's family, very little, because it was a Protestant Catholic mix. So people were ostracized. Same thing happened on my mother's side as well, <laughs> Catholic and Protestant. So don't speak to the family and don't hear about them. So the fact that my granddad was British and my grandmother was Irish had a huge issue as well. So we have no um, connection with grandmother's side of the family. But I was speaking with my dad the next day and I said, Dad, I saw these three ladies and one was, if I remember correctly, one was Annie, which was a sister. And the other was a lady called Molly, who I had no clue. And the other lady I felt was my grandmother. And I actually thought I looked like her. So I went, oh. So I spoke to dad about this and he said, oh, that's my auntie Molly. And I went, oh great and I said this other lady who I think is your mom and they're ready for you dad and he it gave him some peace and so he passed two weeks later now one thing that he said to me now Susan will you look after your mom and I said you know what dad if you weren't dying I'd kill you because that's a challenge that's a challenge. This Irish woman who was so uh, used to everyone looking after her. But I did. And I did because I love my mum. She has passed. She passed April 25th this year. Oh, so, sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know. But you know what? She was a great age. We called her the Elder Perry because that was her maiden name. And she was 88. And okay. the, the last six months of our life were very difficult, really difficult. So I, I'm happy for her to be at peace. And can I also say, when she was in a nursing home. She had been transferred from the hospital. She'd been in and out of the hospital. So we eventually got her into a nursing home. And the next day, the lockdown happened. So anyway, but the night she passed, we, we were up there and she had not a wrinkle on her face. And she looked so peaceful. And I said, that's what death needs to look like. That's what death, the leaving of the body, leave it in, in um, a condition that it's used up, but beautiful. Yes. And then to, to transition. So I was, I was happy for her, but I missed my father. I still do awfully, terribly, terribly, terribly. And I still chat with him. And I know that he comes around me a lot because I can feel him and sense him. And mum, then I looked after these last seven years, I became her official carer, uh, which was difficult because she was a difficult woman. Yes, mother's she, can know, be difficult. Yeah, she was a difficult woman. And even though we got lovely when she passed, oh, I remember and she's lovely and she's this. And I said, are we talking about the same woman? But she, she was 
lovely in that way. So, but, um, so during all these times, I am trying to maintain my studies, my faith, my understanding, uh, where am I to go with my mediumship? What am I to do? And healing, you're a he- everyone kept saying, oh, you're a healer. And I said, well, everybody's a healer. It's what fashion or what method or modality they wish to, uh, ex- you know, put that out. So I chose to use, I'm quite good with words most of the time. Sometimes I get tongue tied. But when I'm in that space and that energy space, and I love the psychic part of that soul connection with another, when the two souls can connect and reach that understanding. So I decided to use words and as inspirational spaces for people and spaces where they can have an understanding of how to access that which needs to be healed if indeed there is anything which needs to be healed. So I get a lot of joy from that, from seeing people being able to stand on their own two feet and have hope. Because if you don't have hope, you have very little. That's my opinion. You may live your life, but without hope, it's difficult. Whatever about having faith, I have a strong faith in spirit and uh, in the continuing of life. I have a very strong faith in that. And when it comes to having faith in myself, I still struggle with that. Am I doing the right thing? Is this okay? Uh, And, you know, do I need to learn more? That person over there knows more than me. I ought to learn about that as well. But we can't all be the same. If we all had the same learnings, life would be very boring. There'd be no healthy discussions. Yeah, well, exactly. And everybody's got different talents and different skills that they bring, especially to the field of spirituality, I think, because it's so large. Susan, your your mother and your relationship with your mum, how did she feel as a strong Roman Catholic woman? What did she feel about you being a psychic medium? Well, I shall say that she didn't really pay me much attention. (laughs) She didn't really pay me much attention once I behaved myself and and did what she said. So it it was, there was no interest, no interest, you know. But did she, I'm asking this for two reasons. I have an Irish mother, as you know, we had a little chit chat before before the podcast began. Um, And she's a very strong Roman Catholic and she doesn't want anything to do with this she won't even let me mention psychic yeah. or spiritualism she, she just won't have it and there must be other people in within other religions that listen to this podcast who have possibly a similar thing and yes. i'm just wondering if so i have those questions myself yeah. like or i have had them i've had to work through them am i doing the right thing should i be following this path is it wrong i've sorted it out for myself now and as you can see i'm merrily flying down the path <laughs> Happy as Larry. But how about you? I found it difficult, all right, to maintain that faith and belief when people around were saying, you're mad, you're crazy. I said, but there's the more. You need to look at the more. Mother was difficult, I will say. So, of course, many of us will have tarot cards and such like, and she wouldn't have them in the house. You know, that kind. I won't have them in the house. And I don't feel it was mentioned that it was evil, but it was bad luck. So there was lots of superstitions around that. But interestingly, Anne, my my mum had dementia. Well, that's not the interesting thing, but my mum had dementia. (laughs) And as she moved further into that illness, she because I, I would maybe doing some online work or you know and I'd be throwing a few cards out and she's saying oh they're really interesting um can you have what are they about are you getting work or that's really nice so as she moved more into her dementia she became more aware of the ability that I had been training and still I'm training for um and I I wonder and I feel though with the wonderment that as people move into Alzheimer's and dementia, it is said that they become closer to the spirit world. So I I wonder, was her understanding of um, the afterlife um, 
really coming to the fore because she was half in and half out. So things became, she became really interested in. Yeah, that's interesting the, what how I she softened. Do. Absolutely, absolutely. And she also, also softened towards me as well. Right. Um, and to the point that she was able to say, I really appreciate you and I really love wow. you. Wow. So I, I thought, how wonderful. And I, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that um, because to have those questions after she passes would be very difficult. And I'm not left with those questions. Now, I, I, now I have to say she, she could be a right one. and She was a right one. And it was difficult <laughs> dancing around her and her needs. Yes. But, you know, when you see that, that the, the truth of her, again, there's that word truth of her um, just emanating from her in those moments. I thought that was very beautiful. So I am grateful for that. I am and very grateful for that. Yeah, I bet you are. And you're very lucky to have witnessed that. And Absolutely. To have heard I her that. say those words to you. Yes. And you can I always am. keep that in your heart, knowing that's more the truth of who she is than, exactly. than the whole so, of her human life with you her own past and her own childhood and that was rarely spoken about so you you wouldn't know and I know she adored her father I know she did and was devastated when he passed many years ago so it's interesting that here I am and adored my father now I'm from a family of seven and so my relationship with my dad is different from all the other people's relationship but I was lucky like that again to have afforded that time with him before he got gravely ill to understand who he is and where he has come from. And, you know, the stories he told me about his own childhood, remember his mum passing so young. And, and so that again is my, this is where I want to be with people. I want to understand you and, and why you are who you are and perhaps with the ability and my sensitivities and soul connection I can show you um, a choice that you may have because it is all about choices I spent my life feeling I had no choice feeling squashed and when you um, say no choice no choice in what regard well no no choice in in I had to be um, a certain person. I had to be a certain way. I couldn't speak out. Um, I couldn't um, do my thing. Yeah. One night I was out in a nightclub right now. Give you this. And this person who I vaguely knew, vaguely knew, came striding towards. Now we're having a great L night. Few drinks on board. All of that. This person comes over into my face. Uh, and was verbally attacking me. I was feared that he was going to hit me about, um, oh, you're that person who does this and talks to this. And I just, people are so afraid of what we do, Anne. Yeah, people, there are people that are very frightened about it, yes, because they don't understand. No, and we're not reading anybody's mind. Nobody's mind is read. Honestly, I, Anne, wouldn't like you reading my mind. (laughs) Honestly, wouldn't connect my soul fire away yeah so if all of those incidences makes it very difficult to maintain uh, your awareness in a positive light I do know there's a story in the back of my mind and I mentioned it to uh, Mavis Matilla is a mentor of mine now and I mentioned it to her and she said no that's not a story I told you I think it must have been Vi or Doris and they spoke about this woman in her faith um, she was a spiritualist and she used to go to church and the husband didn't like it, used to beat her up and she would still leave and get on a bus and go to her church. And now that's faith. I feel it was being given to me as an example. Right. And, yeah, and another thing, uh, uh, the thing about being of service. Now, again, Irish girl. Four brothers, two sisters. I'm not going to be anybody's servant. How dare they ask me of that? But of course, it's a different service, isn't it? It's not um, running around cleaning up and all of that. Although that's also what we could do as well. So to be of service is something I'm very honoured to um, 
be be part of. Just it's it's an honourable, sacred space of love and compassion. So again, my naivety, I suppose, which I still maintain, which I really ought to get rid of at my age, but hey, it's still going. Um, that people are to be from a loving, compassionate space. And I do feel people try, but the struggle of trying to fit this in to a life where there's there can be so much negativity. So you need to adjust perspective. The world doesn't change, but your perspective of it can. Yes, and it's very interesting how enlightened your soul is and yet you were born into that place that country in this particular decade that time with all those challenges that that brought to your soul to try to grow through and understand all those challenges that you had yeah and 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 I do wonder because I I would say sometimes ah lads really come on really you want me to do that or what's going to happen next because every time you feel you have a foothold on the next part other parts of your life just come thundering down so being able to stand within that in your spiritual soulful space while the world goes on anyway it, it can be difficult it is a struggle at times but if you have that faith in spirit world. And and here's the other thing um, that I would kind of share with people, that spirit are not the blame for everything or they can't be congratulated for everything. You need to be participant in your life instead of hanging out and waiting for spirit to show you the way. Start walking that path and, and feel it and see So my faith is very strong now. I can tell you that years and years and years of people saying you're mad. And I think we all should maintain a little bit of madness, just so as you know. That could be the Irish in a sandal. Yeah, well, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm second generation Irish, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know. (laughs) My mother's from Ireland. Uh, You talk about your faith, though. So what do you mean by the word faith? You say, I have my faith. What is that to you? I have my faith that there is another world when we pass. And it's interesting because I am married a very long time. A very, very long time for someone so young. (laughs) I'm married a very long time. (laughs) But, But he and I have different opinions. Now, I I will tell you that I feel he is a spiritual person and I know the goodness and kindness that is within him. But we have different opinions. And of course, him being a man thinks he's right. And of course, me being me, say, yeah, we'll see. So he believes there may be nothing when we uh, leave our physical body. And I totally believe there is another world waiting to welcome us home. So I say to him, well, one of us is right. And either way, we're both going to be okay. Yeah. But my faith, because I've touched it, I see people from spirit world. I sense it. I feel it. And that does keep me going in those times. Now, I am human, so I will suffer from angst. And um, we're not wholly depression, but depressive times and emotional times. Because remember, I've brought up in in, uh, uh, a family that you did not express emotions. You held on to it. You, You didn't cry. You didn't give in. You didn't let anyone win because you had to be in in that space. And now I'm so accepting of other people and their journey that it's my faith that I know there is goodness in everyone and I know that there is a beautiful other world that is there supporting me and I will return home to that when when this body of mine decides to give up. Now, during my life, speaking of bodies given up, I've had many illnesses. So I know many mediums um, and psychics, but mediums specifically, um, have had grave illnesses. I myself have um, uh, MS, 
And I also uh, had skin cancer, which is interesting because I'm the one who was telling everyone to put on the sunscreen, put on the sunscreen. So obviously it was from childhood when should we do all be running around getting burnt. And then I had um, severe issues with a gallbladder and it went on for years. So eventually um, I had a, an operation to try fix it. And from that operation, I had uh, the doctor, not deliberately, of course, nicked my liver and the liver. He um, stole your liver. He nicked it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nicked it with his knife. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yes, of course. I'm forgetting. Uh, he cut, you know, the, the yes, liver, but in error. And um, so uh, an abscess grew on it. And I was on holidays in Tenerife. And I was taken to hospital, I think we on our second last day, and I nearly died because it was a nine, it was a big, huge abscess on my liver about to burst. So I expected oh. to see me and was setting in. So two weeks I spent in the hospital over there. And I while I was there, I, I kind of was thinking, I, you know, I, I nearly died. Why didn't I get that near death experience that I'm fascinated by? But the answer came to me, Anne, but yeah. you already know. You already know. I felt like my spirit people were around me saying, you already know. There is no need for you to have that uh, huge experience. And a friend of mine happened to be in, in Tenerife at the time. She came to visit me, herself and her, her partner. And she says, um, there's such a sense of peace in this room. Now I'm really, really ill, remember. And she says, there's such a sense of peace in this room. So I know my spirit people were hanging out with me. Yeah. My spirit tribe, my spirit people. So a year, about a year later, a friend of mine, and I won't mention her name, and it's not because I wouldn't because she's great, wrote um, a piece that was almost identical to the piece I'd written about my experience of, you know, but you're already, no, you don't need this. So I got on to her and I said, well, you know, and she says, no, that's what happened to me. I never read that piece. So, and I know she is a medium as well. So isn't it interesting that in those big time of needs, she nearly died also. So, you know, we Irish have a saying, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. Well, certainly I came out of that stronger. Yeah. with a, an absolute belief that I need to push forward. Now, because I was caring for my mom, again, remembering this is a very controlling woman, um, I couldn't do an awful lot because I had to be there for her um, willingly because I had chosen it. So now that she has passed, I kind of doing a bit of a life review saying, gosh, where am I going to go now? And my life, actually, I was thinking, God, my life has been quite small, really. But I, and I mentioned this to you, I did say it to someone, and I said, well, I need to do this thing, and, but I'm a bit boring. And she said, but I don't think you're boring. And I went, well, it's all about perspective. And that's us comparing ourselves to others, isn't it? Yes, exactly, because the the fascination is in the everyday in the struggles that you've had that people listening to this will be able to relate to so well they'll be able to relate to elderly parents sick parents difficult upbringings um you know difficult relationships and things like that yeah, yeah. so so i know that you caring for your mother and your father of course but um your mother in recent times did that take you away from your spiritual path for a while? It, it did a bit. It did a bit. Because when you're kind of in that negative space of, because, uh, I, I, you know, sometimes I would be right, brought right back to my childhood and in that space of fear and this tiny little woman I'm so afraid of. But as time progressed, um, I was able to accept it more I, again my husband used to say to me Susan there's two things you need to accept it's your mother and your hair because there were two things I had big issues with <laughs> hilarious 
Yeah, so I, I, I did. So it did pull me away from all that I had hoped to do and wanted to do. And I, and I was seeing everyone else progressing. So, and you'd see all their posts on Facebook and I'd be going, I, why, why am I not able to do this? Now I could have very selfishly just said, right, I'm not minding you anymore, mom. But then that wouldn't have been me. That would, I wouldn't have been able to live with that. So I, it did pull on me a bit. And I said, well, there's no point in me doing this. There's no point in me being um, who I am and, and working as a medium and a psychic when there's all these other people are doing it. And, but and what have you learned from that experience then? Because everyone's different. Everyone is unique. Some people do, um, I was going to say need me, but need someone like me who says it like it is within that space of soul compassion and kindness. I am a very kind person. And I think everybody is. I think if you give everyone an opportunity to be kind, they will. That feeds into my faith. And it feeds into my knowledge that if I have this capability and ability to assist others, well, then that's my role. And it's not that it doesn't matter what else is going on for me in my life. It's that I can remove myself from that temporarily to assist another. And I'm not, I'm not the angel of God or anything, by the way. I'm not opening myself that way. Yeah, of course. But, but I am saying, if, we, if you find your role, go for it. Until the point where it, it, it changes and you need to adapt to it, other things. I'm back working now and I'm trying to up my profile, I suppose, a wee bit. Yeah. Um, because people forget very quickly, don't they? And since my mom passed, it was like, I'm free now to choose as an adult independently. Now I do have a well, partner that's a very, and kids. That's a very interesting turn of phrase you've just used there, as an adult, because yeah. she had such a seemingly such a strong effect on you that now you can step into who you truly are in your in the fullness of who you are yes uh, that's, that would be correct yeah. perhaps become the adult she wouldn't let you be or because she was so still so controlling of you through your i don't know yeah. amateur psychology <laughs> yeah i know i know no it's working well it's working well <laughs> i i have done and now i was left with many issues and and what i could say i i have a friend who's a hypnotherapist and she very kindly did a couple of sessions with me and they're amazing if every if anyone um would have a look at that for themselves because it removed the fear from me that that fear that was inbred and I didn't even know what was feeding it anymore. And so I am less fearful now. And, and so um, stronger and more able. Now, whether or not I continue to my deathbed being a medium or psychic is yet to be told. I feel I shall because I feel it's part of my um, whole wholeness and journey on this. My mother now is in spirit world. And so therefore she will be an assistant, a helper for me, because I know that her own inadequacies in lack of being able to express emotion that I know she felt no longer exists. So the purity of my mom can be with me now. That, that little snippets that I saw before she passed through the dementia i'm excited now i feel free i feel i'm an adult and i am 56 don't tell anyone that i will I tell am. no one don't tell anyone that <laughs> and so isn't it interesting it's not to the age of 56 and i'm sure many will will understand what i'm i'm trying to share that we at some point in our life we come into our own and it's not until we actually do that we realize that all those other times oh, have only fed this moment. Part of my journey needs to be a teaching aspect, just to share others how they can not benefit as such, but how they can uh, be true to themselves. And of course, my, my grounding would be in mediumship and psychism. So that's where I would be teaching it because I feel... And I may be wrong, 
But the ego that everyone seems to be always banging on about is a requirement in human nature. It's the, the imbalance of that that causes the issue. My hope would be to assist people to maintain balance and take in information like a sponge. Many years ago, like I mentioned Vi before, Vi Kipling said to me, if it's too much information, take only what you need at this moment because the other information can be accessed at a later date. So too much information is as bad as no information. That's what I feel. So I would feel that moving forward, I would like to access that teaching aspect for me. And I couldn't set up any dates or appointments as such because I may have to drop them at the last minute. Well, that's the trouble. Caring for somebody else or you're homeschooling your children, as many people have been doing. Yeah, Or or not homeschooling and just doing the school run and doing the, uh, you know, taking the kids here, there and everywhere. It's all of these things can take us away from, we feel are taking us away from, there's the other thinking that, you know, um, well, God never gives you a bigger cross than you can carry. Uh, yeah, yeah, but really? Did I, need I think to know he does. That? Yeah, <laughs> really? I think he piles about five million on top of you and then another five million. <laughs> oh, and everything's a lesson. And I'm going, really? Come on. I know. So you get I, sick of all life's lessons. Yeah, yeah. Enough I think learning. I, I think I've had enough. I think I've had enough of those lessons. I want other kind, good, wonderful, inspiring lessons, but I've had enough of those ones. Exactly. So tell us, Susan, you, you've spoke a lot through this episode about the SNU and your qualification as a CSNU. Can you explain to some of the listeners who may not understand what that is? What, what is the SNU? What are these qualifications? What is the difference between the SNU and ordinary spirituality? The difference is that one is a certificate to say you can do this. That's what it is. The SNU, the Spiritualist National Union, which is British based. And remember, I'm Irish. So it's there's there's not much um, SNU stuff within the Republic of Ireland. And I think there's only once um, in Northern Ireland. But it's prolific throughout Britain, Scotland, Wales and England. And it is a spiritualist movement. Now, the CSNU I have is a certificate, which means I have achieved a certain standard within my mediumship and my uh, speaking. Now, I will say many years ago, there's not a hope I would have stood up in front of two people, never mind 200 people. Not a hope, because there was this um, shyness within me. There was this, uh, I'm not good enough anyway to do it. You know, the Irish upbringing, I'm not good enough for that anyway. Um, But now I love inspirational speaking because it's about inspiring or igniting that soul to open up to the quality of what the potential of your life can be. So I love doing that. So, you know, never say never. People may not understand what inspirational speaking is or where you might do it. It it is when in a service, a spiritual service, which is some prayer, the inspirational talk, which is a talk from the soul space to the congregation, just positivity and um, life challenges, which may inspire them to keep going, not give up on hope. So the certificate just means that, you know, I can contact people and say, look, I am a CSNU because they wouldn't know me from Adam. And um, and like I said, there's very little um, going on within the Republic. There's lots of training and stuff like that, but very little services and places where people can gather. Which is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And I think it has to be acknowledged that attaining a CSNU with the SNU it's a very high level of qualification. There's a lot of work behind there that. Is it doesn't come easy. Yes, yeah, so it is a wonderful achievement. It is quite difficult to achieve. And again, like here in Ireland, so I would have happened to travel to Britain to um, do all that. But it is, it is wonderful because it does give me access when I can get to that space where I can access um, other 
things and churches and such like. So um, the SNU do offer excellent educational studies. So if you are interested, not that I'm selling it for them, but if you were interested, it is worth your while looking up their website and see what they have to offer. And there's the Spiritual National Union International for those that don't live in the UK. That's correct, which is online. Yeah. Online training. And they do, they offer some incredible uh, courses and accreditations. Absolutely. And now the thing about online, people kind of um, worry that it's not the same. And I can guarantee you it is because that's where I started my first training proper spiritual training was online i know from that that energy once permission is offered you can be anywhere in the world and we can do that soul connection so a couple of things i still want to ask you you mentioned earlier on that you were terrified when you first experienced the energy of a guide can you explain what happened, why you were frightened, and why you're no longer frightened. I can, because I had never experienced it before. And knowledge dispels fear, doesn't it? Absolutely. So I'm sitting online in the other room. I remember it. I remember it because I can still see the the guide. I can still see how he appeared to me and his name. I'm sitting there and I'm in a class where you connect with guides and stuff like that. And then this overwhelming power hit me. If you can imagine it like an ocean wave, huge, hitting you. (gasps) And it took my breath away. How old were you, Susan? I would have been, well, I'm not young in this. So (laughs) I would be maybe in my late 30s. And how much training had you done at the time? Were you aware of other energies? So I discovered it when I found this online site, Delphi. Um, that there's more if there's more this is it so I actually felt oh wow this is it this may be what I've been looking for this may be an answer to that gnawing sense of I need more so hold on hold on go back go back yeah yeah you're sitting on your chair yes and what happened we were uh, within this class space online we were to go into you know a meditation or a guided thing we were to meet our guides yeah and I saw this large gentleman and he was in um, like plus fours. Is that what they call them? Yes. A- an English gentleman, Tweedy suit. His name is Gideon. And um, the power hit me like that ocean wave. And I got terribly frightened because I, I didn't understand it. <gasps> Took my breath away. Yeah. So I actually exited. I thought I had touched on something that I shouldn't have. You know, that kind of way. It's like, did I stick my finger in that electric socket? Right. (laughs) And maybe I shouldn't have. So the next day I went back in and I was again speaking to someone about the experience and they were saying, don't worry about that. Try it again. And I did. So because I was expecting that surge of energy, that change of energy, I was more willing and accepting to have that conversation, which then became an exciting thing for me. How did it feel the second time? It felt peaceful. It felt exciting. What are you going to share with me? What are you going to tell me? Give me that information. Yeah, that's more the feeling I get when guides come yeah. close. It's that excitement. It's that beautiful, exactly. loving feeling and the kind of fizzing and bubbling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fizzing and bubbling. That's a great description. I love that. I was just yeah. interested to see what that was like. You also mentioned a spiritual naming ceremony with Eric Hatton. But oh, yeah. um, I don't know. Spiritual naming ceremony seems to be self-explanatory, but I don't think I really, really know what it is. So could you explain? Somebody gave you a spiritual name. I've not yes. heard of that before. It's a, it's a spiritualist thing. What the, per, and in this instance, it was Eric Hatton. And so they sit with their spirit guides and they receive a name for the person they're doing the ceremony for, because that is the name that they are, or the quality or whatever, that they're known in spirit world. Ah, I see. So listen, because this is a bit funny and a bit strange, because welcome to my life. Nothing is ever straightforward. (laughs) So uh, my name, given name was Diadem. D-I-A-D-E-M. 
And so the person next to me say, got Mary Pearl Rose. So we're all sitting there and going, Diadem, what is that? So um, Vi and Doris went home that night and they researched it and they came back and it was is a princess's crown, a princess crown. Um, so they had they brought back in a little child's tiara and a little child's um, wand and they had a little uh, card written out so my name is diadem now which is princess which is very interesting because i'm not saying i'm a princess by the way but it was interesting because on that online site that i spoke to you about um a couple of friends called me princess i would call them empress or queen you know we had these nicknames and mine was princess so isn't that interesting wow that um, is interesting he knew nothing about that obviously exactly yeah, yeah exactly because it was years before so it's, it's it's very interesting that um now again i'm not you know ego princess all of that but it is nice to know and i am a leo as well so this is the royalty side of us you know us leos the regal side but it is nice to know that someone of stature can assist. And again, I'm not talking about me, but, it, you know, people can look up to people. When I discovered that, and of course, I'm, I'm a, a generally a humble person anyway, and shy and very hesitant about coming forward. But I thought the ceremony was absolutely beautiful because it gives you a, an inspirational inkling of how spirit world perceives you and where you would uh, need to push forward so yeah it is it is lovely it, it is a lovely thing and so i'm very proud of that and like i said i had no clue who eric hatton was other than he is this beautiful man with his lovely lovely wife you know i think he embodied what i now know a spiritualist uh, person needs to be ought yeah. to be ought lovely. to be yeah lovely. Very nice. It is nice. Look into it. Yeah, do look into it. I will. I shall just have a little nose on the internet about that mm. and make some inquiries to people. That's very interesting. I yeah. wonder what my spiritual name is. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, lovely. So you're back. Your mother, I'm. may I just say, please accept my condolences. I'm so very sorry that she's passed. And I know that there must be times that it's difficult for you still. It is. But she, she, she is 88. Yeah. So she's lived a long life, much longer than any member of her family. And she had been rather ill for the, the previous months before passing. So I'm pleased for her. Yes, the great release. Yes, exactly. So you're back now. So you're now stepping into I'm your power. <laughs> Susan Hughes, here she is. She's ready to go. She's a spiritual medium living in Dublin, Ireland. What are you offering to people? Where can they find you? Um, what's on the cards for the next little while? Well, they can find me online on Facebook. I'm Susan Hughes, Spiritual Medium. Website, www.susanhughesmedium.com. And they'll find all details of how to contact me on my Facebook page or website. I like organizing. This is this is where part of the controlling aspect of my life comes to the fore, because to be a good organizer, you need to be a bit of a controller. So I loved uh, organizing things because even though I couldn't invest my whole time personally to teach um, and to do shows, I suppose people like to call them. I like inviting those who I absolutely respect and know that have a fund of knowledge to share with others. So the likes of Mavis Patilla, uh, Tony Stockwell, who I know that you know well, um, yes. and Lynn oh, came over to me once before as well. Lynn Probert, Lynn Probert, sorry. Lynn Probert, yeah. This is what I was able to do while I couldn't do all that I I, I needed and wanted to do. So that kind of kept uh, my finger in the pie. But again, like I said, as a, a bit of a controller, I, I liked being in control of that. So Tony um, does come over to me. Um, this is about the fifth year, but we've st- we, we were to due, to due to go to Kinsale and County Cork. And of course, with the coronavirus, it was decided, we decided you know, for health and safety reasons, it shouldn't be doing it in person. So it's moved to online. But again, on my Facebook page or website, those details are there. So I'm easy to connect with. I'm easy to contact. And I do mediumship uh, reading, soul connections, psychics. I, I tell you what I do. 
whatever is needed on the day, that's what I'm drawn to do. So people may come to me wanting one particular thing and my spirit team are showing me that this needs to be looked at or reviewed. And I like that. Nothing is ever the same. So I, I like it. I like it a lot. So Tony Stockwell and Mavis Patilla, are they on the cards to come soon? And do you have plans to invite Lynn Probert back again? Um, I, I, well, I think Lynn is extremely busy, but I love that woman. So if she wished to come to Ireland, I'd definitely be delighted to host her. And Tony, she's amazing. Absolutely fantastic. We love to- Lynn. <laughs> yeah. Tony and Mavis, we're due to come this year to me but again the virus has prevented that now i i will have new dates from mavis and jean for next year but tony is where we've moved um the course um from kinsale to zoom online so that's being advertised as we speak when is that that is september 11th to the 13th so it's friday saturday and sunday and it is 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. Irish time. I have also put on uh, the time zones for other people. So it means that it can be accessed internationally, which is great because Tony is just a brilliant teacher. I I love him because he always has new stuff. You know, he he just is very inspiring in his teaching. Yes, yes, he is very much so. Susan, what are you offering yourself personally? Well, um, I... Uh, would offer psychic readings, mediumship readings. And I actually mix them both. So it would be a psychic and a mediumship within the one session, depending on the needs of the client. Um, also, because I'm doing my official teacher training, I'm also running teaching online teaching courses, beginners to intermediate and advanced. So, so I'm in the middle of, of them. So I will announce when the next run is going to start uh, again on my Facebook page and website. Wonderful. Well, Susan, I wish you all the very best now that you're back, you're standing in your power, you're, the way forward is clear. Um, oh, I don't know if it's clear, but the way forward is there. We the say. way forward is there. Yeah. And take it gently. We all have to take it gently, don't we? How we go forward yes. in the world. Yes, we do. So I wish you all the very best. Oh, thank you, Anne. It was really nice to chat with you as well. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. Susan Hughes is based in Dublin in the Republic of Ireland and is also like the rest of us currently working online. So do contact her if you wish to study with her or have a private reading. And when the world kicks off again and we're all able to travel, really do consider joining Susan and one of her amazing guest tutors over in Kinsale in Ireland. Not only do you get to see the beauty of Ireland and experience the wonderful warmth of the people there, but you also get to experience the incredible tuition of Susan and those world-renowned mediums that she invites to teach alongside her. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes, plus a full transcription. And those are over on my website, www.anteato.com. So head there and you can pick everything up. If you're finding the world a little bit too much at the moment, why not try a meditation? I have three for sale on my website at just £3 each, 15 or 30 minutes of perfect peace and bliss. Forest bathing, soul sanctuary, or sitting in the power. Allow my voice to take you deep into your subconscious mind. Alternatively, please do consider booking a time travel reading with me. These are unique readings. Nobody else is offering them. They are very unique to me and the work that I'm currently doing, where I talk you down into a deep state of hypnosis and we travel together to the spirit realm where you can meet your loved ones again, talk to them and hold them in a three dimensional encounter. These readings take 90 minutes and you can find details on my website for these very special reunions with those you love. That's all for this week. Thank you very much for being an amazing listener. I really appreciate you tuning in. Have a fantastic couple of weeks, everyone. And until next time, my name is Anne Teato, and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters. 